I have spoken with a lot of Bernie campaign staffers. Um, obviously, I'm going to protect their identities. Uh, some of them still are with Bernie, some of them no longer. And I've heard different things. And some of them make a lot of sense, some of them don't. Um, but I've heard from people that I trust uh, that, you know, coronavirus, you know, does different things to different people. But most people, it's kind of affected them, if, you, if you've been lucky enough to not get sick, most people it's affected mentally. It's affected mentally in some way. Um, so I have heard from people that worked uh, and had access to Bernie that coronavirus uh, has affected him, thank God not physically, but you know, kind of this five, people don't remember, people see Bernie as like, he should be doing more, he should be doing, doing more now. But they forget this guy's a human being. And it's not even that he just ran in 2016 and again in 2020, he was constantly, constantly running in 2017 and 2018, going around the country for different candidates, going around the country for different causes. You know, I covered him at rallies protecting Obamacare. Even though he wants Medicare for all, he uh, was on the front lines to protect Obamacare uh, from Trump's repeal. Uh, on the front lines with the Nissan workers down in Mississippi, he was, he's tired. That's what I've heard from a lot of different people. Not as an excuse, because I have heard other things that people are critical of him, but he's burnt out. And I guess we don't really think about it in terms of that because everybody, including the ones calling him a sellout and a fraud, just kind of naturally expect because of who Bernie Sanders is, is for him always to be the first one on the front lines, for him always to be the one leading the charge, for him to be the one calling for the rent strike, for him to be the one uh, calling for a general strike, for him to be the one organizing his list. And the people I've spoken to in his campaign, again, about six or seven people so far, um, say, you know, what we, our impression, some of them who are still with him, is the guy's kind of burnt out. Uh, and coronavirus has kind of affected him mentally like so many of us, so, so, so much of the rest of us, because it completely gets you out of your routine. It changes your day to day. The guy was going a mile, a hundred miles an hour for five years for it all to be like shut down and him be housebound. Uh, for me, you know, sometimes uh, this coronavirus's, um, coronavirus's effects mentally have, you know, zapped my uh, productivity. You know, I haven't been as driven as I am when I'm in the field. Sometimes I procrastinate. So this isn't an excuse for him. I'm trying to explain what people I've spoken to are saying. With that understanding, uh, I've spoken with several people that are kind of ticked off at Bernie, even though they understand he's burnt out, even though they understand um, he, you know, can't lead the charge all the time. They think it is so, so unprecedented pain right now that he needs to find something in him to get the necessary energy to lead the charge. They understand that he endorsed Biden. They understand he's following through on what he said. 
but they don't understand that he hasn't called out Pelosi and the Democratic establishment for going along with the first disastrous bill. They don't understand why he, why it took him so long to propose legislation. He's proposed legislation now with Ed Markey, um, Kamala Harris was on it, I I think a couple other people jumped on it, which is $2,000 a month for individuals, $4,000 for married couples, an additional $2,000 for married couples per child. But they wanted that right out of the gate. Uh, I've spoken with several people that have said, we don't understand why he's not organizing his massive email list. And I've said that before. But people who work for Bernie have said to me, he's letting everything we built go to waste. That was a quote from one of his, again, I'm trying to protect their identity, one of my sources who worked with him. We have built up this unprecedented list. Remember, Joe Biden, the DNC, Hillary Clinton tried in 2016. Joe Biden and the DNC are currently trying to get Bernie to hand over his email list to them. Not that it would work. I mean, they could email every email 100 times. Good luck getting money from Bernie's people. But they're, they're, I wouldn't say pissed off, but they're very frustrated and disappointed because part of the reason they worked for Bernie, part of the reason they rallied around Bernie is because they believed in his talk of revolution. They believed in his talk of organizer-in-chief, yet he's not organizing right now. We get that he's endorsing Biden. He's just doing what he said he would do. But we don't get why he is not being at all adversarial when we're in an economic depression and the Democratic Party is proposing lobbyists for bailouts, uh, bailouts for lobbyists, uh, you know, an extension of unemployment where most people can't even get the unemployment benefits because state offices are overrun right now. The $1,200 check, I spoke with somebody in in Bernie's world who said he thinks that's laughable. He knows $1,200 isn't enough. They They all came to the same common denominator. He's waiting. He's waiting for things to play out. He's waiting to see how these task forces play out. He's waiting to see if the Democratic leadership Uh, steps up its proposals. Waiting. I've heard that from four people that that worked on his campaign or work for him now. That he's still feeling out what he's going to do. This is not my opinion. This is what I've been told from sources in his world. And when I said, well, what is he waiting for? I mean, I said to them, what is he waiting for? Like 40% unemployment? 50% unemployment? Uh, they all, it all came back to the same thing. He is, he is basically, he feels that he is straddling a line here. The three things that I want to get across based on talking to these sources, and a lot more will be in the written story when I have it next week, is Bernie's burnt out is a common theme that I heard, which some people are saying, Jordan, don't make excuses for him. Uh, that's not me making excuses. That's me telling you what I'm hearing from staffers, that he's burnt out and he's taking time to kind of breathe and, and, you know, rejuvenate. Number two, 
that he uh, feels there's he has some time to feel out what happens, to feel out whether something tangible comes from these task forces, to feel out whether uh, Pelosi and them actually propose something bolder, uh, to feel out if Biden is serious about going after his base. I'd like to know what you think because I am working on a longer piece on uh, what went wrong uh, that doesn't look as much on what should have they have done what should they have done between South Carolina and Super Tuesday, what should they have done after Iowa and the app thing. I'm not looking in the weeds in terms of that. I'm looking more on the bigger picture level of was Bernie Sanders and his philosophy and his mentality and the people that he trusted was that his ultimate downfall? Because I have not heard that examined in any of the pieces that have gone out about Bernie's campaign. Bernie has, uh, Bernie has had a lot, Bernie has always worried that he could be Ralph Nader, that if he does anything that would help Trump win or could be spun as helping Trump win, that he could be outcasted in like Ralph Nader has from, from the mainstream of anything. And people I spoke with today, it's he's not so much worried about him personally being outcasted. Obviously, he's been outcasted to a certain degree since he's been in the Senate and the House. But he is deeply concerned that if he does what certain people want him to do, if he goes hard after Pelosi, if he goes hard after Biden, you know, if he says what you're off, what you're offering right now is a sandwich. Bernie is deeply worried that if he, he goes after Biden, if he goes after Pelosi, if he organizes a rent strike, that he's going to be blamed for Biden's loss. And therefore, the ideas of the progressive movement and the progressive movement are going to be Ralph Naderized, if that makes sense. This is what three people told me in his world, that he worries that whatever he does, it gives the media the opportunity, if Trump were to win, to basically cast the progressive movement in an even worse, even darker shade than it already does, if that makes sense to ostracize, to toss out on, a, on, on an island, a deserted island, more so than the progressive movement already is. So I don't agree with that, but that is what I was told is part of his thinking. He is concerned that the progressive movement and the ideas that have been moved along into the mainstream. No, we haven't seized power yet, but we have moved these ideas over to majority support. He is worried that if he went full tilt, it would damage not just him, but the progressive movement because they would blame him, progressives, and say, basically depict the progressive movement as political terrorists after Trump wins. 
Uh, Lady Hawk, 999. I voted for Nader in 2000, and it bothers me to see what happened to him. While I disagree with Bernie, I've seen how the establishment reacts to anyone who does push back. Keep doing your thing. Yeah, and by the way, this isn't an ex- I'm not excusing Bernie. I'm just telling you what sources that I trust that have worked on his campaign that, or worked in his Senate office, that they're not junior-level people, high-level high people, that this is what they tell me is part of his thinking. And that's why it always seems like he's one foot on the outside taking, out the de- taking on the Democratic Party and one foot on the inside very scared to turn on Pelosi, very scared to turn on uh, Schumer and whatnot. But to me, what he fails to recognize, if Donald Trump wins, they're going to do that anyway. I spoke with one person today who worked on Bernie's campaign. Um, and they said to me, well, I think this time, if Trump wins, they won't blame Bernie as hard because he dropped out earlier this time. And I said to this person who was pretty high up in Bernie's campaign, um, yeah, but you're talking like a sensible person. You're talking like CNN, MSNBC, Jennifer Rubin, The Washington Post. You know, you're talking like they will look for what actually was the reason Biden lost if he loses. Right now, frankly, the polls are looking pretty decent for Biden. Some polls did not look good for Biden. One just came out nationally where he's up by 11 points. But I said to this uh, person who worked, worked pretty high up in Bernie's campaign, you know, do you think if Trump wins and younger voters are not high, which according to the polls, they are not. They are not. Biden's doing terribly among younger voters. Do you think if Trump wins and Biden does not do well among Latino voters or as well as he should, you think they're not going to blame that on Bernie Sanders, even though he dropped out much earlier this time, even though he did a hostage taking video or looked like he was taken hostage by Joe Biden? You really think they're just going to say, well, you know, we got to start looking at our flaws here we got to start looking. Maybe people aren't inspired by neoliberalism and crumbs. Maybe people really, you know, are d- demanding real change, not $1,200 checks, not unemployment expansion, not, uh, you know, tax credits for job training. Thank you, Just a Girl, $4.99. He's right. They've gaslit him, and it worked. Look at how hard they've came for us. He doesn't want to throw 40 years of work out. Uh, I don't agree with his mentality, but I understand how powerful, uh, how powerful the gaslighting is. And also, Bernie's been in Washington for a very long time. He's not Nita Turner. So that mindset of buying into the popular thinking, Bernie's been in Washington a long time, so he buys into that. Ralph Naderization and that he doesn't want to be Ralph Nadered. He doesn't want the progressive movement to be Ralph Nadered. He wants the progressive movement to be to continue to be more become further and further into the mainstream. But what he doesn't get is the establishment has absolutely no intent on being genuine truthful arbiters of what goes wrong or right. Meaning if Biden loses, they have no interest in doing a real autopsy. A real, a real examination of how it is, if he loses, 
we just lost twice in four years to an orange orangutan wannabe fascist uh, used car salesman. They don't have an interest in that. They will look for the lowest common denominator. They will look for whatever they could find to distract, to deflect, to blame it on others, to keep the money train flowing. They will look for whatever it is possible to basically not have to acknowledge that this is the problem right in front of you. Nancy Biden and the Democrats for the last 40 years serving as the getaway car as Republicans rob the treasury. Republicans cannot rob the treasury if the Democrats don't drive their getaway car. Bill Clinton could have never got NAFTA done without the Republicans. George W. Bush could have never gotten half the he got through without Democratic support. Because we don't have an opposition party, but we have a complicity party, a party that's complicit with the Republican extremism, is why this is our current economy. This is our current country. You got us, the Titanic, sinking, and the bourgeoisie and the, and the 1% and the plutocracy still drinking their champagne as we sink further and further. That's what's going on, folks. And from the conversations I've had the last few days, Bernie not only is burnt out, whether you agree with that or not, whether you think it's an excuse or not, but he also is deathly afraid of the progressive movement being natured. We now have Amy Klobuchar uh, to undergo vetting to be Biden's running mate. Amy Klobuchar, Democrat of Minnesota, has been asked by Joe Biden to undergo a formal vetting to be considered as his VP, one of several potential contenders now being scrutinized by his aides. The request for information from potential running mates like Klobuchar is underway, a senior Biden campaign aide says. If a potential contender consents, she would be, she would be uh, poised to undergo a rigorous multi-week review of her public and private life and work by a hand-picked group of Biden confidants who will review tax returns, public speeches, voting records, past relationships, and potentially scandalous details from her past. So this is not a surprise. I don't want to, you know, do a victory lap here, but I've been saying for weeks it's going to be Amy Klobuchar. I want to, before I get into my analysis of this and why he's definitely going to pick Amy Klobuchar, I want to remind you how Republican Amy Klobuchar is. Because I don't really think people, they get the way she talks is very um, centrist, right-wing. But I want to remind you that if you look away from the screen, Amy Klobuchar doesn't sound a lot different than Paul Ryan. And I'm going to play you this now. Let's take a look. I just don't agree with these policies, and I also think that they know that they most likely won't go through because they don't make any sense when you really take down the um, uh, veneer and get them off a bumper sticker and start looking at them, but they just keep promising it. And I just don't agree. I actually don't agree because I think it's not their best policy. They may be bold ideas. I think they're bad ideas, and there's a better way to do this. So if they know it's not going to go through, then why, why promise 
because people like it. They like to hear that they're going to get everything free, right? They like it. That's how Andrew Yang started his speech at the a debate. It was about giving people free $1,000. So, you know, it is, and that was from his campaign directly. So that is a lot of what the discussion is right now. And I think people know that we've got to make the economy work better for them. And so to me, this isn't necessarily about a free college or a free degree. It's about how can you help people afford the education that they want on the path they want and have it fit with our economy. Doesn't that kind of sound like, you know, the good old days with Paul Ryan? Why I think that it is very likely Amy Klobuchar will be the vice president to Biden is very simple. Strategically, strategically, and structurally, Biden's campaign is actually run by a lot of the same people that were around Hillary Clinton in 2016. They just still think. Those people don't really think they did that much wrong. They think they lost because of James Comey. So they don't really think their strategy was wrong. They don't really think just running on Trump is the Antichrist is a bad strategy. They think that strategy was actually going to be victorious. It's just but James Comey came out 10 days before the election and screwed Hillary. That's what they think. Because she ha- Joe Biden's got people from Biden, uh, Obama's world, from Hillary's world, all running his campaign. And they all have one major delusion. You want to know what that delusion is, folks? It's this fantasy image of a moderate Republican sitting on his porch in in Michigan and Wisconsin and Pennsylvania and Ohio. It's that holy, sacred, very valuable moderate Republican that will become so fed up with Donald Trump. So fed up with Donald Trump telling, it, telling people to inhale. What did he tell people to inhale? Laundry detergent? Lysol and bleach. So fed up with Donald Trump, you know, threatening to take away Michigan's funding because Michigan dares tell him to wear a mask. So fed up with Donald Trump's hysterical lunatic tweeting. So fed up with Donald Trump's um, just totally inappropriate, reckless, racist, xenophobic, everything. And finally, see the light that even though Biden's not Trump, that he's more acceptable. They are this delusional that they think the, the, the way to victory is not to actually give progressives what we want, the, the things that actually poll very well, the things that would actually get Democrats elected on over and over again if they just ran on it and gave it to us. They think that they, there is enough scorned Trumpers, moderate Republicans, never Trumpers, they think Amy Klobuchar, because of that clip I just played you, and her obviously being a Republican, oh, people just want free stuff. And oh, I think it's bold to be an incrementalist. They think Amy Klobuchar can win enough moderate Republicans in Michigan, Wisconsin, Ohio, um, Ohio, Pennsylvania, possibly Iowa, to beat Trump. Meaning, 
even if we don't get enough progressives, even if we don't get enough young people, even if we don't get enough Latinos, will have, they take for granted the black vote. They think we'll just have Obama go out as much as humanly possible. He'll galvanize the black vote to come out. We'll have more black voters than Hillary did because Obama is going to go much harder this time. This is what they think. So we could take for granted the black vote. We don't need to pick Kamala Harris, Stacey Abrams, or any other African-American woman. I don't support any of those women either, but. And they think Amy Klobuchar, she doesn't scare old white people and old white moderate Republicans and never Trumpers, they'll feel comfortable with Amy Klobuchar. Why this is so bad crazy. Yes, Amy is, has the, does have some racial problems, including arresting a black man uh, wrongly who has been in prison uh, wrongly convicted, which would, will be a problem for her if she's chosen. But why this is so crazy? Moderate Republicans don't vote on moral character. If they did, they wouldn't be Republicans. Moderate Republicans don't vote based on, you know, Trump going too far. Moderate Republicans don't vote based on, oh, well, you know, Biden ain't a Republican, but he's better than Trump. You want to know why? Because there's no such thing as a moderate Republican anymore. There's no such thing as a moderate Republican. Yeah, um, you know, you have Republicans that aren't as aren't as right as like the Steve Kings of the world, not as racist, but moderate Republicans are a small, small group of people. But the Democratic Party is delusional enough. Remember when Chuck Schumer said, you know, for every, what was it, for every two blue-collar workers we lose, here he is, for every blue-collar Democrat we lose in western Pennsylvania, we'll pick up two moderate Republicans in the suburbs in Philadelphia. And you could repeat that in Ohio and Illinois and Wisconsin. Well, Chuck, how did it work out for you? How's those moderate Republicans at your dinner table? There's no such thing as a moderate Republican anymore. That was gone after the 1990s. So you're going to pick Amy Klobuchar. And guess what? I mean, listen, everything, everything, throw everything out if unemployment goes to 30%. I mean, today we see jobless claims almost at 39 million. If this continues... I mean, possibly Joe Biden in a coma could defeat Donald Trump if these numbers continue. And it won't even matter who he picks as vice president. A comatose Joe Biden with sexual assault allegations against him, with barely constructing a sentence, literally comatose, if these numbers get worse, could defeat Donald Trump. Comatose, excuse me. But... I already said, because the Democratic Party has given Trump the opportunity and the opening to do this, does anyone truly believe if Donald Trump looks like he's going to lose come July or August, if he's down in the polls considerably, do they really think if Trump thinks he's going to lose that he won't just throw up his hands and say, fuck it, Medicare for all, right now, people need it. Right now, we've got 27 million people that have lost their employer-sponsored health care. 
By summer, it could be closer to 40 million people who lose their employer-sponsored health care. That wonderful health care that Pete Buttigieg and Amy and Joe, they all told me people love their private health care in America. People are dying for their private health care in America. People don't want to take have it ripped out of their hands, the co-pays and the deductibles and the co-insurance and the premiums. They need the choice. Well... The choice has been made for 27 million people so far. So one study, the Kaiser Family Foundation found that 27.5 million people have lost their employer-sponsored health insurance. Trump will throw Medicare for All at you. He'll throw UBI at you. And you want to know something? Mitch McConnell will go along with it. Why? Because Mitch McConnell's main priority is the Supreme Court and stacking the federal judiciary all, excuse me, stacking the judiciary, the judiciary with conservatives across the nation. He's already done a hell of a job. He wants to do more. And you really can't do that if you have a Democrat in the White House. Ruth Bader, you know, frankly, Mitch McConnell sees, love you, but RBJ, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, RBG, let's just call her what it is. She's not young. She's been in the hospital for a variety of things. Other Supreme Court justices, not so young anymore. You want to know something? If Trump says, to hell with it, we're going to expand Medicare for everyone right now. If Trump gives $2,000 a month, steals Bernie's idea and just claims it as his own, will people really care what his motivation is? Will people really care if he means it? Or will people say, whatever, he's doing it. Somebody's doing something for us. I'm going to give him another shot. Give him another try. And the Democrats are giving Trump the opportunity to do that by proposing crumbs. Crumbs.